0: Welcome to Boomcast, the official podcast from boombox.io.
1: I'm by Lucas
0: and I'm noise London
1: store, collaborate, and connect like never before, boombox.io is the new home of collaboration.
0: Also don't forget that every month, boombox.io is giving away $500 worth of studio equipment.
1: So if you wanna win $500 gift card for your studio, today's question is which hip hop artist is your favorite? If you like hip hop, if you have any favorite rappers, comment them down below, or if you don't like hip hop, comment that as well.
0: Today we have a very special guest, producer, content creator. Everything. A bit of everything, and you've been, yeah. Larry, you've been around since, I did a little bit of digging here, and I checked when you started your Instagram, which was in 2011. We did a yeah. background
1: check on you, yeah. so we, we <laughs> Fabio knows some pull people. Pull up some dirt. Yeah. yeah, pull up some dirt. Eight, I saw, it. well, it's, it's on your Instagram too, though, 18 years of uh, working in FL Studio.
2: Yeah, yeah, I started out on FL4. Oh, man. FL Studio, Fruity Loops 4. It wasn't FL back then. It was just Free Loops for Free Loops. Biggest
1: question then right off the bat is what is the biggest difference that has happened in music production from when you very first started to now? Like, what would you say if you could think of any one thing or maybe two things, but what do you think?
2: I mean, as on the topic of FL, I think the biggest thing that's happened is the awareness and mm. the hate has slowly gone away about right. FL. When I started on FL back then, um, I had every friend, every producer that I knew, every engineer that I knew was like, yo, you need to get off of Fruity Loops, man. You need, you need to be pro. You need to, you, you ain't going to be a pro with FL studio with Fruity Loops. Now yeah, you got to produce on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> now it's like running the industry. It's, it's the biggest, it's the biggest in hip hop right now and trap music. It's the biggest dog and it's right up there with EDM as well. It's I that agree. between that and Ableton with EDM and some other genres. That has slowly shifted and it has gone away. There's still some of that based around vocal production, but I, I try to put that to rest too on my page. I, I I try to make it a point to talk about that as well, that it's great for vocal production too. It's gotten a lot better over the years
1: hundred percent. I mean, whenever I do polls with our audience to which DAW do you use and Logic Pro, Ableton, FL Studio, it's always FL Studio is like 60, 70 percent. Like it, it really is uh, a big time DAW. Yeah, but I don't think many people remember, at least not my audience, that it used to be called Fruity Loops for the
0: most part. Yep. Hold on, hold Come on in. a second. Is it the most used DAW because it's also the easiest
2: to crack? Let's be real here. It could That's be. That's what a lot of people say. And it also could be because it's the easiest to learn and the most user friendly. Yes. Yeah. that's true and his pc easiest um, to get yeah easiest to get. we should have people
1: comment below what kind of doll they use because yeah that is a good question because there was a point though it's really funny so back before i was like more of a skilled uh producer when i was still trying to like figure out like how do the pros make their mixes sound so good i would watch people on youtube and i'd see them using fl studio and i just had this like thing you know how you kind of like trick yourself into thinking that there's like this like secret and i'm like it's fl studio like that's how they do it so i go and i and i partition my Mac back in the day because, you know, you, you couldn't have FL Studio on Mac. So I got a Windows on my Mac. I got I added it in there and then I realized quickly, oh, it's not the DAW. And it was actually really hard for me to use FL Studio as a Logic Pro native user because it's a completely different experience.
2: Oh, yeah. Coming over from Logic, it's a it's night and day. I did the yeah. opposite where I was using I started out on FL and then I got hired as an engineer in a studio and all he used was Logic. And yeah. he was like, Yo, if you're going to engineer in here, I got to keep it with logic so then I can go and I can mix afterwards. Cause he was a video, um, yeah.
0: a videographer
2: as well. So he was like getting so much work. He's like, I need help in my studio. So you come in, engineer, record, do a little bit of mixing. He's like, I'll finish off the mixes. So I had to learn logic like pretty much, you know, front to back quick. Wow. In order to like start working in there. So I did the opposite. I love using logic though for yeah. vocal production. It was great. Mm-hmm. Cause at that time, FL wasn't that great with vocal production yeah so I how like did, the combination how did you find the switch from FL studios
0: logic did it make sense like because obviously I always find the main thing switching from one day W to the other so I go between logic and Ableton is just remembering the shortcuts well you're all all yeah, shortcuts, uh, yeah, you
1: right? you got those up. mouse pads and you got all the stuff that help you with the productivity and the workflow
2: yeah yeah I started these mouse pads a couple of years ago and uh I have all the shortcuts for all the doors. so that it, it, honestly it helps me once in a while because there's so many of them that I I'll forget them, but I have my core that I've learned and just kind of burned into my memory over the years. But yeah, think- having that switch going into Logic wasn't um wasn't too bad, wasn't too crazy because I think like once you know a Daw, yeah, there's it's just like the workflow and like you said, Fabio, the shortcuts. That's really what it's about. And uh, the track system, the way everything's tracked out in Logic is more like Pro Tools where Mm. those tracks actually make sense. Where in FL Studio, when you go into the playlist, they don't necessarily correspond. I mean, now you can link them into the mixer, but they don't necessarily correspond with the mixer. Where in Logic or Pro Tools, all those tracks on the left-hand side going up and down, they correspond.
0: Do you ever think that you're going to commit fully to one DAW or the other? Or are you
2: happy sort of bouncing between the two? I right now I'm just I'm committed to FL but, but then I had to be kind of right. split and then I, exactly I, I think I was just in like such a learning phase then where I just wanted to like I wanted to touch everything mm. and I was working in studios I was working with different producers and I was kind of forced into learning a little bit here and there but FL studio has always been my main my main thing and as soon I, as like I, I from then I started using um what else did this guy use? He used Nuendo, which is Cubase, right? Mm-hmm. So I learned that as well for vocal production because he was um, between Mac and Windows. So in Mac, uh, in his studio, he was using Logic. And then when he was uh, switched to Windows, we were using Nuendo and Cubase. Mm. And um I got to learn that. And then I started using Cubase in my studio as well when I was doing vocal production and I was booking clients. I started, mm. I was using Cubase. And then slowly, I would like bounce those vocals out into FL because I could mix better in FL. Man. Personally, I could I could get a cleaner mix in FL, but the recording I, process just wasn't flowing correctly for me. It wasn't flowing nice as as nice as those other doors.
1: So if you guys line. don't this know, Larry Larry has this. I got it just in case you don't know. Larry <laughs> O has this catchphrase like in all of his posts on all of his marketing. It's always "you get me." So <laughs> that's what I wanted to know where that came from. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, so it, it was started as an inside joke. I don't know if you've seen mm. uh my my bro Peter Piff and I've done a ton of music with him, and we've put out countless projects. And we would we would be hanging out in the studio together a lot. We'd be watching videos and off time doing music, and we stumbled across you know the guy the man's not hot guy. Mm. Probably you might know he's from the UK. He has his own variety show, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like a big big variety show where he, he does all that. these different characters. And he would say it all the time with this one specific character. It was like an Uber driver character. And we just like latched onto it. Uh-huh. And it it went from him saying it kind of like more proper, like you get me, you get me into us just going back and forth with you get me. And then it just started popping up in everyday conversations, inside joke. From there, I started like just sprinkling it in my social media, like not even right. saying it right. um, in my content, just putting it in the descriptions. And I would go to shows and people would start saying it to me. I'm like, right this is like so random, but hilarious at the same time. So I just started putting in all my content in some way, just trying to be funny with it. Yeah. And that's, and I think, really cool. On naturally.
1: It's, yeah. And it's really something good for branding. I mean, it's something people think about when they think about you. Um, also just all the stuff that you do, the mouse pads, the—I, I, those are things I think of. Like if someone was like, I would think FL Studio. Like there's certain things that I think of when I think Larry O. And I think that's really important for uh, producers to have, or or if they if it's something they want to do is to build a fan base, which so many do. Uh and, and especially to be more of like an influencer, it's very important to be able to have, you know, your key elements that that stand out. Um, were those things that you thought of, like, cause the, you get me, you said it was kind of just, it kind of just happened, flew into the content. Has that always been something for you where things just kind of happened as they happened? Or did you have anything where you kind of planned out? Like, this is going to be my brand.
2: Yeah. There were some things that were definitely calculated. I think things it's a combination of things that happen naturally. Also having that in the back of my mind of the power of branding. Mm-hmm. So I would always look out for certain things that would catch on naturally That I could use in branding like that like and then my um the logo that I used forever I recently just kind of switched it up especially my default was the same default for like like six years straight right so uh that just happened naturally too that came from a real photo shoot where uh a friend of mine turned it into a cartoonish looking thing and then I just used it It wasn't even supposed to be a logo happened to be my logo I would always have it spinning in at the beginning of videos. I got that from, uh, I was inspired by Gary V's videos around that time where he was putting those like different, uh, his logo in the very beginning mixed with a sound. So Mm. from there I started thinking, oh, I can mix this logo and have it be its own like, I don't know what do you call it, like a yeah. stinger almost. Yeah. Is that what it's called?
1: Like how Netflix, uh, you know, has the bong and the, you exactly. Know, the yeah, yeah, like yeah, NBC, exactly. Like NBC. Yeah. Like how
2: NBC has the dun dun dun. How exactly. Like logo Sonic pops branding. Up with the peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, a visual with an audio mm-hmm. branding. Um, so it happened naturally, but at the same time it was calculated in a way where I knew I could use this for branding and it would work. I
0: wanna know kind of what was going on at the beginning of your journey, how you set off. And you're still here. Well, okay. I know you started earlier than 2011, but you started Instagram in 2011. That's 12 years in the game. And you've got real dedication. You've shown how much success you can have from that. So, how did you start off? And what were your intentions?
2: I, you know, I always wanted to be a music producer for in, in high school. I would listen to beats, I wouldn't even, I would drown out the vocals for the mm. first 10 times I listened to a song. I wouldn't even wouldn't even hear the vocals for a while. I would just hone in on the beats. I would just like highly focused on 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 the bass and the just the music behind everything. And then I would always try to, like, think like, oh, damn, like, I, I, I think I can I think I can make this. I think I, I want to learn how to make this. I got to reverse engineer how they're doing this. I got to find out because I'm getting such a crazy feeling from this music that I've been that I've been listening to lately, yeah. you know, around that time in high school that. I just became obsessed with learning how to do it. From there, I I went on the internet and searched on how to make beats. And I think, you know, one of like you said earlier, probably one of the first things that popped up was Fruity Loops, FL Studio. And I got it. And I was determined to just figure out how to do it. And from there, I guess the overall goal, the goal was at that time was to get placements to, to, you know, to make it big at that time. There wasn't really any content creators at that time. It was early on. Even for YouTube, it was kind of early on, right? So there wasn't even that much information on YouTube about FL Studio. So I I was – and this is – How I know that I was obsessed with it because I hated school. Normally, if it's stuff like book stuff at school, I can't sit there and read it. My brain will go off in a million different directions. But for Mm. some reason with music production, I sat there for hours and I would read these forums on how to do certain things in FL Studio. And I just became obsessed with it. I feel the same way about music production.
0: Like, I feel like I also have some sort of ADHD. I, I do find it hard to read. I'll force myself to do it. But when you're sitting there and you're making a record, you there are so many things to think about. And there's so many new moments of inspiration when you're in that flow state that your mind is able to bounce between all these yeah. ideas and somehow bring them together, right? And I was same same as you, I I I went in into production about full-time about 10 years ago. And I remember it was the first time I was ever dedicating hours a day to reading and researching and downloading and practicing whether it was mixing or synthesis or editing vocals and i was like man if, if i would had, had this when i was like 12 years old
2: mm. maybe i'd be like a virtuoso now it's it's wild and i just you realize things about yourself about how like I don't know. I, I think the same thing with my, with my son too, right now, I can see that already in him. He's seven. And I can mm-hmm. already see that. I could see that he has that type of personality where if it doesn't fully lock him in and interest him, he's like, I don't want to, I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with <laughs> it. But if, 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 it's something that he's interested in, like he knows it front to back, side to side, he, know, he like knows everything about it. It took a while for me to find something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I found, I found it kind of later in life and a lot of, People start music at a very, very young age, six, seven, eight, ten. Like I started when I was like seventeen or eighteen.
1: What do you think uh, helped you, like business wise? Because obviously you learned how to make music, you got better at music, you perfected your music. Like, what was the, you know, what was the next steps that helped you be able to do it full time? And what kind of helps you still do it today?
2: First thing that started me with making it full time and actually like paying some bills with it was engineering. And running my own studio. Mm. So, yeah, I wanted to be just like a music producer. I wanted to make beats. But I would always try to find like, all right, I I had the, you know, reality hit me where I was like, all right, I'm not going to be able to like sell enough beats to like make a full living. So is there something in music that I also love to do that I could make money with and mm. still be happy? Because with me and a normal job, never mixed, hated it. I worked a decent amount of jobs. I worked since I was 14 years old. But mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was like, hey, this ain't this ain't it. From mm-hmm. For my whole life, I'm not doing this. I can't do it. Um, I have to do something with this music to make money. There's got to be a way that I can make money with it. So early on, it was uh, running my own studio and booking clients, going to shows, getting clients and networking, word of mouth spread around. And then that made it full time for me. And from there, I could also sell beats because I had artists coming in that were rapping and singing on other beats and I could pitch my beats to them while they were in the studio. I created great relationships, sold a lot of beats locally um, and had a fully booked clientele out of my studio. Well, as full as I wanted it to be because I didn't like having like tons of random people in, but um, (laughs) I was full-time enough to where I was paying bills with music. And that's how it really started from there. It shifted. More when I started, and then around that time I started doing more social media stuff Mm because I was like, all right, how can I expand this? So I I can only cap my price at so much with local artists. Where, all right, I'll I'll hit a ceiling money wise, and yeah, I'm paying bills, but like I want more freedom and I want to do more of what I love to do. I love engineering, I love Mm -hmm. this stuff, but and then from there I kind of found my passion with teaching and teaching music producers and that kind of that the whole thing kind of shifted from me wanting placements mm-hmm. and uh, studio clients into my audience and started being music producers
0: it's interesting you say that I think we had a very similar past I also was I was yeah. like I was working a few jobs and I was just like this is not very productive how can I be in the studio all the time And then I think if you produce a byproduct of production is engineering, because you kind of have to do it. And some people just can't be bothered, right? So you take that Mm. out of their hands, you learn to engineer, you start charging money for it. And then you're like, oh, not only am I making money from mixing and mastering now, I'm also recording, I'm also getting better at it, because I'm doing Mm. it every day. And then as a result, your own music gets better. And you're in this like, awesome productivity loop. And just same as you, Larry, I mean, I was doing that for a while. And then I was like, how can I, but right now I'm only reaching an area of London, right? Or part of mm-hmm. London. How can I globalize my business and then start a noise? And then I'm never, I, w- I never set out to be a content creator though. I don't know if you, if you felt the same, but I never set out to be, I, I don't like the word influencer. I like the word content creator because influencer has a bad rap these days. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and it's funny how now I'm still able to do the things I love. I like make music, engineer, but content creation definitely takes up mm. most of my time. Do you find this the same with your day to no. day?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Because I think everybody has to be a content creator now. So even I don't that's our main thing is content creation. But I in order to run the business and hold that attention, yeah, mm. like mm. content creation is always up there on the list.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's so important that it's you're doing content that you actually enjoy and and like to do and not just, you know, doing stuff you think you have to do or, or whatever you get. But that takes a while, obviously, to find your yeah. thing and the thing that works for you. And I know we all have a little bit of different Content styles, which is cool because they all work and we all have success from doing different things, which is really fun. And I know there's some there are some big questions I actually want to get at. Me and Fabio want to get into with you on like how to sell your beats, uh, how to like like things that could help producers be able to like have a career in music because you've just been doing it for such a long time.
0: We just want to take a moment to thank Boombox for this collaboration. Don't forget to check out Boombox.io in the show notes or the link in the description below. But now is our time for the out the box question. Lucas, what have you got for us?
1: Yes, the out-of-the-box question for today for you guys and for you guys who are watching or listening to the podcast is which music genre would you produce if you weren't producing the the one that's like your main genre now? So Larry, if you weren't producing hip-hop, what would be the genre that you think you would go for?
2: I'll say EDM.
1: Okay. Any particular style of EDM? House music? I mean, I, like, the, I like this.
2: Yeah, I like the EDM stuff that's the most similar to hip-hop. Mm, a lot of yeah. heavy bass like future bass stuff. Yeah, bass house is dope too, it's true. Yeah. yeah. anything trap related I love. Ooh, yeah. I just love like hard, yeah, I just love 808s and just hard beats. This way Some of the trap
1: favorite. stuff I hear it and I'm like, how the hell did they do that?
0: Like it's just like wild.
1: yeah, it's wild.
0: What about you, Fabio? I, w- I would love to do some cinematic Hans Zimmer mm. star music, but only because I think it would be so cool to conduct an orchestra in a live mm. recording. Uh, that'd be sick
1: yeah yeah when you see those producers who can like literally like just play any instrument by ear and can conduct and just like just they're everywhere all over the place you're just like in awe Mm -hmm. for me mine's different mine would be i think i would actually like to produce lo-fi I find it to be really chill. I like to listen to it while I work. Um, I don't know if you guys ever listen to it just to like chill out. Like there's no lyrics. It's really easy to just not like get, because sometimes when there's lyrics and music, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'll find myself, well, Larry, you said you don't even listen to the lyrics, but I find myself getting caught up in them sometimes. So I do like lo-fi.
2: Yeah, lo-fi is awesome.
1: So let's get into the big question that uh, we have for you, which is basically like, To anyone out there who wants to know how to like sell beats, because I think that's something, a a good topic to talk about, because we haven't covered that with anyone else before. Um, What are like some strategies uh, that you would have for someone, especially someone maybe who doesn't really have a social media following yet?
2: Yeah, I guess I guess it's like anything else, like how people selling products right now. It's Mm. you got to be you have to be. And we just mentioned this a few minutes ago, too. You have to be a content creator. Mm. You just have to be. That's the world we're living in now. You're not going to sell beats unless you're creating some sort of content. Mm. And the the days of putting up uh, a piece of art, a visualizer, are done, right? Yes. We I think we all can agree on that. 100%. Um, those days are over. So it has to be interesting. It has to gain some sort of attention. I think mm. you have to be, make sure that you're on all platforms. Pick one that's like your main and then kind of uh spread and repurpose content across the other ones pick mm-hmm. one that you're really comfortable with everybody a you... lot of people think that they have to like oh, yeah. be 100% on everything on every single platform you could just pick one but pick one that's really relevant you know like don't pick yeah. one that is dying out like maybe, like Snapchat like Snapchat's <laughs> going to be my new uh platform to like sure. to gain some attention they, it, so pick a, a decent one that has a lot of attention on it and run with it
1: what do you think about producers who? Because I hear this one all the time, and I have my own opinions on it. But a lot of producers are scared to put their music out there because they think people are going to steal it. Uh, and that's like a common one. And I'm just curious, what you think about that?
2: Don't worry about it. Right. I know it's hard to think. Like, if I mean, if if people are stealing your music, that's a good thing. That means yeah. that some people want it. So if you, you should you should like thrive to get your you know you you should like push <laughs> towards getting your music stolen because. Yeah. If it's not getting stolen, that means nobody wants it. So if your music's getting stolen like that, if it is, if your beats are getting ripped off of YouTube, that means people want it. That means there's a product there for you to sell. That means you can triple down on that
0: plug companies have the same approach now where they factor mm. in people cracking their software into their price point because if loads of people are cracking your software it means loads of people are using it, it means it's good eventually people are going to buy it because they're going to get fed yeah. up of exactly. you know the serial keys but yeah 100% and there was a, there was a story recently of this producer who just put out a, a he 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 made a, a J. Cole type beat and then Jay Cole posted about this and he was like, Yeah, I actually just went onto YouTube I was looking for a B and did a whole record and then just gave it to him as a as a present. So you just never know. You just you know what what opportunities yep. you're gonna create. I I I I think it's we can't live in a time now where we have where we feel protective about mm. our art. And it's the same in the dance music scene, right? You can create a banger, send it to a DJ. That DJ might play it for six months and then not sign it, right? Right. And if you're hanging on to that one track, oh, maybe so and so is going to sign it, it's going to sign it, it's going to sign it, it keeps playing, it's going play it, and you're focusing on that rather than making another banger and supply it, right? You know, then don't yeah. be protective of your art. Have yeah. fun with it and just realize that if it's getting attention, if it's getting played, that's the best position you could be in.
1: And that's one of the coolest things about reels and TikTok and stuff too, though, is they're so short. Like I've really been pushing artists to like, yeah, if you want to remix a track, do a 10 second remix, do a 15 second remix, put it out there, see what happens. If people like it, then you can release it, you know? And, and, you know, if someone's going to steal like a five second beat, that's not really a thing you need to be worried about anyway. Uh, But yeah, that's a really good point, Fabio and Larry.
2: That's the world we're living in, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants everything for free. So you just got to give it to them for free. Until you can, until you you figure out that you have a product, yeah, that's worth selling. That's that actually a really want. good,
1: really good point. And that's another question I wanted to ask you. Actually, is how can artists like negotiate for the price that they're worth? How do they know what they're worth? Um, how can they, you know, if they've never sold a beat before, what what should they do? You know, for their first
2: time. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one because I mean, mm-hmm. everybody thinks, you know, that they everybody wants to sell it for more than. Mm-hmm. What they think it's worth at the beginning. Anyways, it, it, that's always been tough for me, too. Like when I was like, because right now I'm not really out there trying to sell beats on a day to day basis. Right. But when I was, I, you know, I had beat stars account. I had um beats up on YouTube. I had beats. Up, I had like, beats
1: on my, MySpace. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. I did, too, bro. I did, yeah. too, because I started. Yeah, I started. And that's like where the first that was the first place I was starting to post my beats was mm. was MySpace. Like the only place they were were on MySpace. I wish I could find them.
0: MySpace music was the best. Yeah, I loved it. Everything about MySpace was good. I might get onto Chat GPT after this and ask it to code me. (laughs) myspace so i can relaunch it oh
1: hilarious (laughs) i actually this is a fun fact and i have no way to prove this because this was back in the day when you weren't taking like screenshots and they're you know like it just it was just like a long time ago but i was in the top 100 most popular myspace music pages on the trending charts for hip-hop beats um back a long time ago And uh, actually my account got hacked uh, back in the day and someone deleted it and that, and I tried to restart it and it was like a whole thing. But that was back in the day when there was no two factor authentication, when you had, uh, you know, to have like, when I had like, probably my password was probably something like password. But the cool thing was (laughs) because it was on, because it made it to those charts, I actually was able to sell my beats and I remember I uh my my dad had his own small business and basically I took the contract from their like Microsoft Word and just like for his business and just changed it out to like my DBA, my small business name and then I would like literally I would mail out contracts and have them send back a mailed signed uh cashier's check back to me for the beat and then I would send them the beat uh by email so that wow. those are just some old school methods right there before beat stars which maybe it was around back then but uh that's how I, hustling. I did it yeah for real i, I think
2: back then it controls. was soundclick back then it was soundclick um, i think that was like one of the only ones around i remember there was a couple of producers that were big that are still around now i think superstar o he was mm-hmm. big on on soundclick it's, it's crazy to see how like some of those guys, a couple of them are still around.
1: It's funny though, because I was selling beats that, and I didn't even like, they were good beats melodically and stuff, but I didn't know what EQ was, sidechain, compression. I was just in Logic and I was just using the stock plugins and I was just making melodies, throwing drums in there and it worked, you know?
0: When you're starting out and actually like you're way more naive about your approach and you mm-hmm. don't get into a lot of detail, you do have a lot more fun with it and you're more productive as a result and the deeper you get and the more you realize that there is to learn, you spend less time actually just like enjoying the music making process. Mm. But yeah. then there's also part of you that gets bored of that. Right. And you kind of, you have this desire to learn more and that's why you do. But then you just realize ah, Oh, this is a steep learning curve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Did you feel that way, Larry? When you started making Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, it just sparked something like when you mentioned that, when you guys both mentioned that, because um, very specifically, the project that I did with Peter Piffin, I think it was 2016, best project I ever put out musically and the best that was ever received publicly. I mean, we've gotten like something like 20 million on maybe on Spotify and across other platforms. I mean, if you include YouTube, it's probably like up to 50 million streams across wow. everything. And um, it all started from SoundCloud. But then to be specific to your point, to go back on that and listen, sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen every once in a while to the most popular song. And I'm like, damn, this mix is like, not good. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this mix is just not good. I'm like, yeah. how, like, why did I, like, I didn't do, I didn't do side chain. Then I didn't mm-hmm. do like certain things. I feel like the kick is just like not in the right key. Like, yeah. like I feel like I didn't tune the kick drum, like just little things I'm picking out. And I'm like, I wasn't aware of those. And I was just focused on just the music at right. that point, you know, and it, felt I was good, focused right? and it just felt good, which is why it did well. That's, yeah. that's the reason. Yeah. It, it got a little bit of a boost on SoundCloud. And from there it took off completely organically. We never ran an ad. We never paid for anything, right. never did anything like that. It just, the music just hit well with people and it just, it, it, it took off. And, that's and I wasn't worried point. about the, like the logistics of things and, yeah. Specifics.
1: That's another good point too, which is that I think another question that I get from a lot of producers is like, oh, you got to have money to you know, pay for ads or should I just promote my post or should I buy followers or should I, they think money essentially is the answer. And of course, money is a great thing to have in life. Um, but it's, you can do so much in all these accounts and all of us uh, all grew with like $0 in ads. It's not about that. It's about finding that organic uh, content and making stuff that people are actually going to watch because you can put, and I don't know what your opinions are on this Larry, but it's like, you can put money, uh, behind your post and it's not really going to help you grow. Like unless maybe it's a post that's made for that, but it's like, it's, it's very, it's not the answer. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. There's so many organic ways. Like I said, we have to be content creators. We have to get, we have to get really good with, creating content that gains attention quickly in the, Mm -hmm. especially in the short form world that we live in. Of course there's ways to do it with YouTube and long form and Mm -hmm. like just music in general. I've seen people that are just like nonstop releasing music and they're not even uh, posting too much content, but somehow through Spotify, but then there's also a ceiling with that I've seen happen. And that happened with us at the beginning because in 2016, I wasn't posting that much uh, content, especially Mm. the way I do now. So the way we gained all that attention was directly from SoundCloud, pushed into Spotify, did really well in the whole Spotify world, had a lot of monthly listeners. Um, but then you you come to the realization that if we tried to do a show somewhere, nobody would
0: come, right.
2: nobody would know. Like, so right. how do you get those fans from Spotify? Because there's a ton of producers and artists right now that have legit plays and legit like Millions of streams on, right. on Spotify and but no one across would come the to a show. but nobody knows them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's where that content creation comes in. Like you have to mm-hmm. learn how to pull those fans from Spotify. If that's the way that you've gained that attention, how do we pull those fans over? And to go back on the point of paying for things. Yeah. You can pay for things. Say if you have a, you know, you got a thousand dollars to put on something to pay right. for some sort of promotion. Make sure that you're putting it in the right spots, Mm. but also be real with the fact that if you paid for that and it did, you know, it did go to the right places and the attention just wasn't there. Like maybe the music just wouldn't go good on its own anyway. The music Mm -hmm. wasn't that great, it just didn't hit right. So, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. You can gain that attention by paying for it, or you can gain that attention by being really good at content creation with organic content.
0: Sounds like there's a piece of software missing in the industry that converts your Spotify followers to Instagram followers.
1: Right. That's an app that needs to happen, Mm -hmm. right? What excites you? Because you've been in it for 18 years. What excites you for the future? What's keeping you going? And um, what do you think the future looks like? Like Just in general for the music industry. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on that.
2: Um, I think the big thing right now everybody's talking about is AI, right? right? Everybody's talking about AI. I'm excited about it.
0: Right, some people are too.
2: nervous, some people are scared, some people haven't started a uh, a career and they're already scared. You know, some people haven't right. started making money with music and they're already petrified of AI like, "Damn, I'm like trying to get into this and now mm-hmm. AI is already going to take my job." I don't think it's going to take people's jobs. Yeah. Um I think what it's going to do is it's going to be another tool. If we mm-hmm. figure out how to use that tool to our fullest potential and to um benefit our business and our careers, I think I it's going to be great. I think it's just going to be another faster way of doing things another mm-hmm. faster way of pushing content out or a faster way of pu- pushing music out um, more efficiently just like uh samples and loops or yeah. a plugin that comes along and it's like oh this is a core generating plugin mm-hmm. um this is going to mm-hmm. ruin the music industry no it's not it's a tool <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, it's no, just no. another tool that you can have in your producer tool belt that's what ai is going to be so I'm, I'm excited about that to be honest i am i'm really excited where that's going to go
0: I don't have a question, but just on the note of what you were saying about the track that you released and you didn't like the mix, there's a track that I really like, and I suggest uh, everyone go listen to it. Um, it's uh, called "Trust Nobody" by Hippie Sabotage. Do you know? Do you know that track, Larry? No and it's a it's a banger it's an absolute banger but like the mix is not that good like it's kind of mm. distorted and crunchy and is a bit muddy but man i vibe so hard to that it doesn't record. matter right it's, it's good great. enough for you to listen it's a, to it's a great record and i think this is this is something that i always tell my clients is a great mix is still a bad song but a great <laughs> song can have Ooh. a bad mix you know I like that And it's just like people are very focused on the engineering side of things, which, okay, it's important. Uh, No doubt, I'm an engineer. So I support the fact that it is important, but it's not as important as making a great record. So go listen to that record, guys. See what you think and listen out for how, I won't say bad the mix is, how vibey the mix is. How vibey. Let's go with that. I like it. Well, thank you so much, Larry,
1: for taking the time to be here today and answering some of those big questions. I think it's super helpful and uh, always loving seeing your content. And I'm excited to continue to chat and uh, see where you're going and everything that you're doing in the future.
2: Thanks, man. Thank you guys for having me. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much, Larry. Don't forget that if you want a chance to win $500 worth of studio equipment, all you have to do is comment down below with what your favorite hip hop artist is and why.
1: Yeah. Or if you uh, want to comment, like we asked a bunch of questions in this video. So comment answers to any of those questions, but also go check out Larry O. Larry, is it just at Larry O on all uh, platforms? On every Two H's. Yep.
2: Two H's. Larry O on every platform. Yep.
1: There you go. And give this video a thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe if you want more of this type of content. And you can find me
0: at music by Lucas. And myself at noise underscore London. Everything and all the details are yeah. in the link in the description below. So don't worry if and, you missed it.
1: And of course, Boombox is at boombox.io. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Peace. Later.